Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Sports Talk fans. This is Tom Pollan, and we're here another Saturday morning, time for another weekend sports huddle on WRSP Radio, Uh, along with my co-host, Tom uh, Hunter Hodes. It's been a few weeks since I hosted. Uh, We're going to be talking about the following headlines. Baseball's Hot Stove League burning bright this past week after... um, some big activities, and you got the winter meetings coming up next week, so going to get hotter still. Pittsburgh Steelers, can they lock down their third AFC North championship in four seasons with a win at Highlands Field this, uh, tomorrow against the Ravens? Uh, we'll talk about that, and in the meantime, the Bears continue to sputter along behind their lame duck coach and just terrible feelings here in Chicago. Uh, our third segment, Master Thomas is back. Got four picks against the spread that you can take to the sports books. Have some fun with. And we will finish this show with three bold statements for real deal and overreaction. But first, I want to bring in my co-host from the great state of Virginia, uh, the snowy state of Virginia, Hunter Hodes. Hunter, what's going on? Yeah, Tom, it's our first snow here in Blacksburg, and it's it's nice out. It's not sticking to the road, but it's 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 a, it's our first one of the season. Yeah, that's always a fun one. Yeah, we got some snow here too in Chicago, so it's sticking a little bit. And we'll see uh, how things go along today. It's actually supposed to be a bit above freezing here today, so we'll see. But they're also talking about blizzard conditions at some point next week. So it's going to be an interesting uh, next couple of weeks uh, weather-wise here in Chicago. Maybe not uh, sports-wise, but uh, anyway, we want uh, to invite fans to join the show, join the conversation. Give us a call, 516-387-1417. You can also get us on our Twitter handle. If you don't want to call in, if you're shy, uh, think that Hunter and I are going to be big meanies to you, but we're not. We're we're really good guys. Uh, But you can tweet us at WKD Sports Huddle. And this show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. And who couldn't use more of that? Learn more at www. MarcosAccio.com. Hunter, let's kick this thing off. We got wall-to-wall sports going on here. 
And we're going to go coast to coast with our baseball coverage this week. Uh, starting with a uh, couple of moves and one thing that started breaking this morning, and I'm not sure how far it's gotten since we've begun preparing for the show, but it appears that John Carlos Stanton is uh, headed to the New York Yankees. Have you heard more about this? Have you heard any of the Yankee players that may be involved, or is this still uh, is this still kind of it works. It sounds like Starlin Castro may be heading to the Marlins, and they're not. It doesn't sound like they're going to get their top prospects. Um, Ken Rosenthal released an update um, 22 minutes ago saying um, that Stan is going to approve the trade to the Yankees if he hasn't already, and the deal is just pending physicals until the whole entire deal gets announced. So, I mean, I went to bed after 2 a.m. last night, and this still was deal was going. So, I think. Um, they were talking almost all night. I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Jeter pulled an all-nighter here for the Marlins and Brian Cashman for the Yankees uh, So because th- these people were up all night. So, yeah, th- th- this was happening even while I was asleep. But, yeah, yeah. it sounds like Giancarlo is going to the Yankees, which means it's Dinger City up there. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Everybody says they're waiting for Stanton's approval, but uh, the four teams he let it be known that he would accept a trade to were the Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, and Cubs. So mm-hmm. I think that think the approval is just a formality here. There's there's no really as long as they've agreed on names and that's all they're waiting for is approval and physicals. Then then this thing's a done deal, I would say. And yeah, I've heard. Castro mentioned uh, I also heard a couple other players mentioned that might be a part of it uh, Headley your third baseman uh, uh, it, um, oh god I now the name just kind of skips I don't know why all of a sudden my mind went blank uh, which guy are you thinking of uh, Jacoby Ellsbury I, I don't oh, I know why I couldn't think of his name all of a sudden. <laughs> but they, there was talk that a lot of what hinged this trade on was that the Yankees wanted to shed some salary in return for taking on Stanton's salary. Uh, the Yankees are trying to get closer to the to the uh, luxury tax uh, threshold. Oh, yeah. And that might be the reason why the Marlins couldn't get prospects is that the Yankees wouldn't make the deal, you know, unless they could, they could shed some salary. Castro's not a bad name though. Castro still has, he's still in the prime of his career and he could give the, the, uh, the Marlins quite a bit of, uh, quite a few years of, of solid play. So I don't, I don't know if Starling Castro is a bad name. That might be one of the reasons why D Gordon ended up in, uh, in Seattle uh, yesterday. Yeah. They're cleaning house down there. Uh, no, I mean, it's good for my team. I don't have to see Giancarlo Stanton hit a freaking home run every game against us now for 19 <laughs> games a season. But also, well, also Tom, this eliminates Bryce Harper going to the Yankees. So that's one less suitor. Well, that's true. That's right. 
if the Yankees are trying to get down towards the salary cap threshold, uh, that definitely takes uh, Bryce Harper out of play for them uh, for next year's free agency. So, so yeah, you only have to worry about the Cubs for that one. Yeah, uh, or LA. <laughs> so, quick question now is with Stanton on the Yankees, well, what does this mean for American League opponents now that you've got the Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Gary Sanchez in the same lineup? I Do you have uh, opposing pitchers, they see the Yankees on their lineup, start pissing themselves, or or uh, <laughs> you've got a new, murder, new murderer's row here in New York? Uh, you know, that's, a, that's some heavy lumber in that lineup. Yeah, we got like set, set an over under of like four or five for how many home runs the Yankees hit. I think every game next season, we all we, yeah. all, we all should like make a bat. You know, that wouldn't be a bad thing because uh, <laughs> it, it's it's going to be a formidable lineup. Um, oh yeah. So uh, we also, you know, we'll. we'll Kind of hold on this one now. We'll see if any more names come through uh, before the end of the show. But it, it's apparent that this this deal is happening um, all but all but finished. So, but let's get uh, one of the Cubs made uh, this past week. Uh, the Cubs brought in a right-handed pitcher from the uh, Colorado Rockies. Tyler Chatwood is going to be uh, on the Cubs staff next year. Obviously, they don't ex- – well, they're not bringing John Lackey back. Don't expect Jake Arrieta to be back. Uh, I don't think they've even put in a uh, – even made an offer to Jake Arietta except for the qualifying offer that they were prepared to make. So, I, what do you know about Chatwood? Are you, being in Colorado – have you heard as much about Chatwood? Uh, uh, not as big a name as some that uh, the Cubs could have picked up. Yeah, I can honestly say um, I actually had to do some research on him. That's probably one of like the first time or two that I think I've heard of this guy. That, that which is which is kind of weird. Usually, I know most pitchers in the league. I didn't know much about this guy. Yeah, he was eight and fifteen. In 33 starts last season for the Rockies. But if you look at it, and you know Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer have done their homework on this guy, if you look at his home and away splits, they're quite dramatic. Uh, And that might be the thing that the Cubs are looking at. Because at home in 17 uh, starts, he uh, was hit for a batting average of 302. Uh, on base percentage 395, slugging 489, batting average balls in play 355, which is very high for a for a starting pitcher for for a man in the rotation. But away, mm-hmm. uh, the batting average against Chatwood away from uh, Coors Field was 200, on base a 299, slugging a 396. So just incredibly dramatic numbers uh, home and away and a bad bit uh, batting average balls in play at 218, you know, almost 150 points lower than, than at home. So that's the course field for you. 
and and that's the thing. Chatwood is a breaking ball pitcher, and it, it's, it's amazing because breaking ball pitchers can get killed in Colorado because of the, the thin, high altitude thin air. It's very hard mm-hmm. to get that pitch to, to break uh, when you're at home compared to when you're on the road. It's almost like you got to try and bring your breaking ball back under control when you're on the road because you're working so hard to to spin it, to get movements on it when you're home at Coors Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, could, I could definitely see that. I was looking – he was better than his, actually his first year. He went 12-9 and nine in 2016 and had a lower ERA than last year. It was a 3.87, and his whip was also a bit lower at 1.37. So, um, yeah, his 2016 season was a bit better. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Cubs uh, – uh, the number one leader in the world is, as you like to say, did their homework. <laughs> Not really. Hey. No. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I'm you. Who went farther last year, the Cubs or the Nationals? All uh, right. I can't quite. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave that one alone. You know, as they used to say, you know, look at the scoreboard. Mm. But. Um, with the winter meetings coming up next week, I really haven't heard anybody um, attached to the, you know, any names attached to the Nationals yet uh, going into next season. Have you heard anything on your end about who the Nationals might be looking at? Ken Rosenthal wrote a, uh, an article the other day. Uh, I was trying to pull it up. He's saying basically the Nationals are looking at some pitching. Um, they have – uh, they don't have a number of really number five star next year. They could get some depth pitching, but also they may look to make a bigger move. He uh, referenced um, they could um, go after Arietta, which I'm not sure if they should do that, or they could uh, make a trade for Garrett Cole from the Pirates um, or someone like Andrew Kashner. But apparently he says the Nationals are looking at some pitching. So, And that doesn't surprise me. Mike Rizzo always loves to – Stock up on pitching. They really don't. They probably only need that and a bunch of. Um, they need some bench help too. That's that's really all they need. Their lineup is basically set. And still have some relief pitching that picked up in the uh, for the last two months of uh, 2017. So, mm-hmm. it's. You say you're not as enthused about Arietta. Um, any particular reason why? I just don't know. I'm just not sure he would be worth that massive contract that he's about to get. Like, I'm sure he would pitch good. I just don't want him to, like, you know, like, go downhill. But, like, I think it would potentially make our rotation better. I just don't want him to just, you know, flatline, basically, is what. they. I don't want them to overpay for him. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's part of what the Cubs are running into is they don't want to overpay. Um, but the interesting thing about Arietta is between this, the first half and second half of last season, he seemed to stop relying on his power stuff in the second half of last season and started letting his, his sinking fastball and breaking pitch do all the work and had a very good second half. Uh, it, it was looking like he had pit, he was pitching his way out of a contract the first half of last season, uh, pitched his way, I think, back into a better contract the second half. But with his agent being Scott Boris, yeah, you, you're 
talking about bidding a guy who's good, great at bidding up the price for, for his players. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what he's going to be able to get for Arietta now. Yeah, Scott Boris is like Mike Rizzo's best friend. They they they, they get along so well. And no, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you either. They always they have he has so many players like under contract for our team, and he's just like Mike Rizzo's best friend. So I wouldn't be surprised if they talked about it. Yeah, I would expect that to be a big talking point for the uh, for the Nationals next week. Uh, for our third baseball story, uh, big deal because. These negotiations were going on for for quite a while, uh, past week to ten days. Uh, Shohei Otani from Japan is coming over, and he had narrowed his his choices down to seven. And one of the things that he had that he had let it be known that was part of his decision-making process was he wanted to to play for a winner. And now he's going to be signing with the Los Angeles angels. And I don't know, is that particularly playing for, for a winner? Uh, no, no, Tom, you're, you're right. Because you want to know why? Because now the angels can go 69 and 95 with him and Mike Trout. <laughs> Yeah, you oh, know, God. that poor guy is getting wasted out there. And, and the hell of it is, is Trout might be the best player in baseball right now, might actually be one of the best players of all time already. Um, if, if you look at how his stats compare to other Hall of Famers uh, seven years into their career, uh, Trout stacks up. You know, Trout hasn't, doesn't have to take a back seat to anybody. And and that's including the greats of the game, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron. You know, he's he's right up there with with his statistical, uh, uh, you know, trends as, as he heads into the, you know, his, uh, his prime years. And now you've got Otani who can, you know, break 102 miles per hour on the radar gun. And is also a very well-known hitter who can play the outfield. And it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how the Angels, you know, what they do with him. What, do you think he might be a two-way player uh, on his off days going out into the outfield and playing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just looking forward, like I said, to the Angels just missing the playoffs again. You know, it's just a yearly thing that always happens, but – you know, I, I do I, I kinda of question the choice. I just I mean, you go to a West Coast team, they're not really like like a big payroll team, I should say. I mean, if you wanted to go to a team that's like going up gummy, I mean, the Mariners are right there. They're they're trying to get into the playoffs. You know what you could have went there. Well, he could have went there. Uh he could have went he he was definitely uh, on track as as a uh, possibility for the Texas Rangers, and that would have been big for him too. So, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how how the uh, how the uh, Angels use him because this isn't you know this is a 
an all considered an all round player, not only just a pitcher, but a five tool player. And it's going to be interesting because I know Joe Madden, the kind of manager he is, would have put Otani in the outfield uh, when he wasn't pitching. Uh, it, that's just kind of goes goes without saying the way Joe Madden likes to uh, you know be surprising and, and balance around his team. But yeah. So, he loves. So, yeah, but you know, it, it's. I, I'm going to be looking to to see how I'm, I'm interested to see how the Angels do, uh, but you know, Japanese pitchers sometimes they they come in, they have a good first couple of seasons, then they they struggle a lot more. Uh, are we looking at? You know, maybe a well. Let's talk an early real deal or overreaction. Is Shohei Otani going to be live up to everything that everybody expects out of him? Uh, it's a little premature. I mean, he's not like Tanaka yet. Tanaka came in from the Yankees and was really good at first, and he's kind of fallen off a little bit. So yeah, I'm gonna go a little overreaction there. I want to see how he pitches first against real MLB uh, hitters. Well, not not just Tanaka, but you got uh, uh, U Darvish, who had a couple mm-hmm. of down years, injured years. Uh, he had some yeah. problems. Uh, you go back to Hideo Nomo, uh, came in, took the major leagues by storm. Next thing you know, he's basically a, a third or fourth starter, uh, you know, knocking around uh, baseball. So it's going to be interesting to see if Otani, once he comes into the major leagues, he can maintain this this kind of play. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to hear what uh, fans have to say. Give us a call, 516-387-1412. We're going to go into our first break. And when we come back, the Pittsburgh Steelers ready to clinch the AFC North uh, in week 14. And the Bears, well, they were all eliminated, mathematically eliminated from playoff contention after last week's loss to the 49ers. But we're still going to talk about them anyway because the John Fox death watch has begun. (laughs) Friday Night Music Productions is calling all musicians out there to join us for a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, an event to beat the Guinness World Record for the largest rock band playing one song in the same place and time. And we want you to join us. For more information and to register, visit us at www.FridayNightMusicProductions.com. Are you looking for a fun and creative way to enjoy fitness? Whether for health, wellness, or as a hobby, Katie's Sunshine Hoops is the answer. Affordable, custom-made-by-hand hula hoops, fitness hoops, art pieces, Hoop dancing videos and advice are available at www.katysunshinehoops.com. Three More Bites, the cookbook series by husband and wife duo Ayo and Bob Lai, will keep you entertained and your appetite satisfied. With recipes inspired by their life stories, cooking and enjoying these unique recipes is a perfect way to spend time with friends and family. Whether you are an experienced chef 
or just learning to cook, their helpful cooking tips and tricks and delicious recipes will have you begging for three more bites. Pick up your copy of Three More Bites Presents Cozy Cooking and Three More Bites Presents Three Weddings and a Honeymoon today from www.threemorebites.com. And we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan along with Hunter Hodes. If you want to join the conversation, have anything to say about the activity in Major League Baseball last week, or want to be part of our football conversation, give us a call, 516-387-1417. And this show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Big week for Pittsburgh. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers this week um, playing uh, one of their big rivals. And actually, maybe not a rival who's as down as some think, uh, even though they are three games behind the standings. But uh, going to host the uh, Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football. Uh, what's your take on the game? I know last week, the Steelers and the Bengals played another one of their sloppy, uh, cheap shotting, <clears throat> you know, hard hitting, cheap shotting type games that uh, really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths after it was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll first start with uh, that, that game, and then I'll head, of course, to a real rivalry that where two teams actually respect each other, but um. Yeah, Pittsburgh did have a ferocious comeback. Um, they came from 17 nothing down to win 23-20. Um, but it was just, for me and so for so many other people, it was just so hard to focus on it. Um, I'll be the first to say I was almost in tears when Ryan Chazier went down. And I, I just, I went numb. Like I, I felt awful. I didn't know if he was going to walk again. It didn't, the updates kept coming in. And it was, I, I, it's just something you never want to see, and it just sees how violent this this game can be. And then, of course, you had Vontez Burfitt getting a taste of his own medicine from Juju Smith-Schuster with a a massive block, um, illegal, yes. And then he gets suspended for it, which you know, don't get me started on that. <laughs> and then, um, I'm not sure. Did you see what Mike Mitchell said to the media this week about what's going on in the NFL? No, I didn't see that. Uh, why don't you go um, ahead and uh, go ahead? He um, yeah, he he called out Roger Goodell, um, basically saying, you know how, you know the the, the discipline is a complete joke. Um, he goes, he, he, I remember his one. He goes, he goes, this is football. He goes, if you don't want playing football, let's take our pads off and let's play flag football. It makes it easier on me. He goes, I don't have to wear heavy heavy stuff. It, it was, he, he said it. He said some very great things basically saying like you know this isn't football that i know and you know you're you're just no one knows what um a suspension is or a fine is and there's no really set mandate of, of rules and you know it's hard to disagree with him for what he said um especially after you know georgia loca who who hit antonio brown helmet to helmet in the end zone gets a fine but when juju smith smith schuster gets a block that okay it's illegal but it's not like predatory makes a block, and then gets suspended for it, even though, yes, I get it, he taunted him, which that's a little too much. 
but <laughs> it's just it, it just really doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I mean, I agree with Mike Mitchell though. Yeah, it's you know, and and there's going to be back and forth about whether or not you know players are you know hitting too hard or what what's a legal hit, what's an illegal hit these days. But I I completely agree with the point about the fact that that penalties and uh fines and suspensions are so inconsistent and it's it's really terrible and the hell of it is we're in for five more years of it uh, uh Roger Goodell just uh signed a fi- another five year contract as commissioner of the NFL yeah yeah i saw that that's just that's just awful so you know but it it really is the official the officiating and, and some of it I don't know if I put it on the officials as much. Um, It's kind of hard for them to know what to call and what not to call these days. Because there are Mm -hmm. so many rules in place about what you can and can't do. And I know they're the ones on the field. They're the ones who who are the targets of much of the criticism for how games get called the last few years. But... And people are saying that it's a, you know, lack of quality officials, but I'm not so sure. It's just that officials go into games unsure of, unsure of their ground when they, when they, when they hit the field. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and you saw it on Monday night too. The officials, it, it was just awful officiating. I mean, yeah, I, if you, I, I'm, I think you did. You watch? Did you watch the game, Tom? Did you hear what uh, Sean McDonough said about the officiating? I watched half of it. I was able to watch the first half. Uh, okay. Yeah, he basically. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you heard. He was like, you know, like no one came to like watch you guys, the officials. Like, just, just stop making like this game about yourselves. And I mean, he makes a good point about that. There were some really, some really bad. Uh, flags that were getting called, and it looked like they were just kind of taking over the game. And him and John Gruden were—they were not pleased throughout the that entire game. Yeah, but you got officials who are told to call the games tighter by the league office. Yeah. you know, you got officials who are told that these certain things are penalties; these certain things can't be done. But no, the league office doesn't take as much of the blame for it as the officials do out on the field. I don't know if the, you know, yeah, I, I just think the officials have it a lot rougher than they used to 20 years ago to try and decide, you know, where the line is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It, I mean, I guess it's a bit hard being an NFL official, but I just want, like, the same things called consistently. And, and it's also, that's a, that's a problem with NHL officials, too, believe it or not, that they're also very inconsistent with what they call as penalties. And, I mean, it, it, I just want it all consistent. Like, I want um, I want all pass interferences to basically be equal. Like, they're, they're, every year I, I, I just I look at them like, how do you not see this stuff? It, it, just, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I, and I think that's what everybody wants is, is a lot more consistency. Uh, being able to judge things a little bit clearer, 
But a lot of that comes down to also being an official. It's subjective. It depends on what each each official sees sometimes. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if it can ever be dialed down to the point where you're going to be able to uh, to be able to quantify it into this this one range. This is interference. This isn't interference. This is a legal hit. This isn't a legal hit. Um, but the, the pressure has been on the on-field officials uh, more over the last five to ten years about making sure that this stuff gets called, and I think that leads to a lot of the inconsistency too. And, like, and, and, and yeah, like, I just – I don't like right now that Rob Gronkowski is only getting a game for basically intentionally elbowing, giving a player a concussion, and then, yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster gets a game for – um, maybe an illegal block. That, that 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 kind of discipline is just a joke. And yes, it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, Gronk should be gone. Like, and, and like, I want to play Gronk. Don't get me wrong. We play the Patriots next week. But you know what? If he was suspended for that game too, I mean, it, it would be well deserved. Like, I want to beat them when they have him. But like, you know, that's just that's just it's just disgusting for what he did. Yeah, it is. I won't. Uh, I won't argue that. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the game coming up with the Steelers and um, and Ravens because mm-hmm. the Ravens, you know, the Steelers again they they struggle to get by get past their opponents, but you know definitely still they're ten and two, one of the best teams, tied with the best record in the AFC. But the Ravens, even though they struggle on offense with Joe Flacco, their defense is just massively tough. Yeah, they, they do have a good defense, but they will be down on Jimmy Smith this week and for the rest of the season. Um, he's been the best, arguably the best corner in, in the NFL this year. Um, Pro Football Focus has him rated, I think, as the number one corner in football. Or it was right around there, but he's been outstanding the past couple of seasons and they won't have him to lock down Antonio Brown. So it's definitely going to be a bit tougher for them. Um, but they do have a good unit. Um, the Ravens offense, I can't get behind that unit. That's just an awful unit. The <laughs> yeah. Ravens to me, they're, they're, kind of, they're like the definition to me of kind of like an average team, great defense, awful offense and great special teams coupled with a pretty good head coach and a bad quarterback. Um, I mean, that, that's really average. I mean, and they really haven't beaten anyone this year anyway. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Steelers whooped them by 17 in Baltimore. Um, I afraid it was like week three, I think. Yeah, they, they played them like week yeah. three or four. And they, they shut down the Ravens' offense really bad. They only allowed, um, yeah, just one touchdown. And then they they ended up trying to go for two. So one touchdown and a field goal in Baltimore. So um, it's definitely going to be tough for them. Um, the Steelers are going to be coming out fired up. They're going to want this game for Ryan Chazier. Um It's it's going to be a pretty emotional uh, scene there, I would think, at Heinz Field, even though um, Shazier is not playing. But um, this is a team that the Steelers, they do not take lightly. They're not going to look for, past, even though they have the Patriots next week. And they know the Ravens are their, their real big rival, and they're going to want to put this division away tomorrow night. Yeah, I don't think they're going to look past the Ravens either. 
uh, just to give you a quick look, uh, against teams that are currently uh, above 500, uh, the Ravens have an 0-4 record. So the Steelers yeah. are 3-1 and against teams that are currently over 500. So, you know, drastic uh, drastic difference in how both teams approach uh, uh, playing the, the top teams on their schedule. So, yeah. and they kinda, that kind of calls out the Ravens a little bit because they are fattening up on, on a lot of the, the teams, you know, the lower echelon teams, but but can't beat anybody who's, who's uh, you know, spent the year winning. Yeah, I mean, they're really their best win probably came against, like, the Lions or something, and the, the Lions aren't even that good. So, well, I mean, the Lions have pulled it off, yeah. Yeah, and, like, you look at the quarterbacks that they've beaten off the top of my head, um, Tom Savage, Brett Hundley, Andy Dalton, <laughs> um, the backup to Derek Carr, um, yeah, Matthew Stafford, um Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, most of these guys are just backups. Except, for, yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford. Okay, like he's a top ten quarterback, but he's, I mean, he's kind of. I mean, the Lions have really all, like you said, they've fallen off. But other than that, they haven't beaten a good quarterback this year or a good team for that matter. And they've lost. I mean, they lost to the Bears at home. That, that that's just. It's just kind of sad. Even though the Steelers also lost to the Bears, so yeah. it's not it's not not that yeah. sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the Bears, good segue into our next little piece of conversation. Don't want to spend too much time on the Bears. Uh, they're not really they're worth spending a whole lot of time on after last week's uh, pathetic effort. Uh, again, oh, if you want to even call it an effort against the San Francisco Forty ers you got a game that was eminently winnable. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> you know, they were playing Garoppolo. Garoppolo played very well. Uh, Garoppolo kind of exposed the Bears' defense, which, uh, you know, which that, that unit actually was playing fairly well this year. But Garoppolo threw, completed 26 passes for 393 yards. So, wow. you know, he had a great game, even though he didn't get the Niners into the end zone, really had a great game against the Bears. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, again, uh, you know, very rough, not given too many chances, was 12 of 15, 102 yards on the touchdown, but really doesn't feel as effective as uh, what a lot of people in Chicago you know, saw, saw, you know, by their eyes on television. And another thing is, it seems like the bears have forgotten about their running game. Again, they're trying to stretch Jordan Howard out towards his tackles. And Jordan Howard is, is a between the tackles type runner who gets a lot of yards after contact. He's not necessarily a guy who's you're, you try to go outside and that has bear fans very upset with offensive coordinator Al Loggins. And it's, you know, overall, that's a couple of the big reasons why, you know, it's very well known that um, that Fox and Loggins and, and probably uh, uh, 
Boy, all of a sudden I can't think of his defensive coach's name. I'm telling you, Hunter, never get old. Big Fangio. 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 Yeah, I got it. I know. Oh, oh, oh. oh, my God. That's terrible. But you know what really summed it up for Bears fans? Uh, the second quarter, uh, they, they're they on their own, uh, 33 or 34. It's, it's basically fourth down and six inches. Uh, they're up seven to three and they get, you know, you've only won three games all year and you can run the ball. You got a big quarterback, uh, a, a great chance to, to run a, a quarterback sneak, pick up those yards and uh, keep your drive going. And they, they punted, you know, the, the punting unit <laughs> was on the field the entire time. So they didn't even consider going for it. And San Francisco was one of the worst run, run defenses in the NFL. Yeah. And the, the Bears are going outside, and the Bears are not running uh, Howard inside the tackles, and they didn't go for the four, uh, fourth and six inches. And that, that's yeah. one of the big reasons. Yeah, that, that's just just pathetic. That's, yeah, that's just awful. Head uh, uh, coaches that do that, man. It makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't. I don't get that either. But you know what? I did like that game. You know that Tariq Cohen reenacting oh, Devin oh, Hester. Oh. oh my gosh! My God! You know, at Tom, he, he was Devin Hester reincarnated. He caught that punt, and he started going backwards, and you you could hear everybody in Chicago going, "No, no, no, no!" And the next thing you know, he finds this opening. And and he's gone. He, he's past the he's past the coverage team and, and going yeah. all the way. And you just couldn't believe because I think he ran twenty yards backwards before he finally started heading up the field again. So he he turned a sixty yard uh, punt return for a touchdown into about an eighty ninety yard punt return for a touchdown by the time he was done. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. Like that was that was true Devin Hester style right there. Yeah, so that yeah that was a lot of fun. And uh, boy, you talk about yeah about the only bright spot we had for that game. Uh, if you want to talk, we want to bring our audience into the conversation as always. If you want to talk about that, talk about anything else we mentioned on the show today, give us a call five one six three eight seven one four one seven. But on our next segment, we're going to take a quick break. We have. Nostratanus on fire still, even though he had a rough week last week. Hunter Hody's going to try and pick himself back up off the floor. Nostratanus predicts coming up next. Einstein and New is Jennifer Millies' exciting new children's book series about two black and white cats who are brother and sister and have great adventures. The first book, Einstein and the Leap, is all about playful Einstein. Suitable for children of all ages and cat lovers alike, Einstein and the Leaf is a wonderfully written and illustrated book that will capture your heart. Buy your copy of Einstein and the Leaf today at www.rsplaunchpad.com, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble Nook. Would you like to advertise on WRSP Radio? Your ad can be heard on multiple platforms, from radio to video 
and even print magazines. WRSP Radio is looking for advertisers now, and our amazing low rates won't last forever. So contact us today at info at wrspradio.com. That is info at wrspradio.com. And we're back on WRSP's Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan along with Hunter Hodes. And the show is brought to you by author Mark Osakio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Or you can listen to Nostradamus. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. A uh, little bit of a rough patch for Nasser Thomas last week. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, it happened. Uh, at least I wasn't one in three. But, <laughs> well, we both got disappointed by the Raiders. And, you know, I, I told you that the Cardinals game against the, the Rams was a big trap game for the Rams because they played the Eagles. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, and then, you know, or had played, played the Vikings. And then myself. And we're looking ahead to the Eagles. And it's a sign of great coaching, sign of the fact that uh, Sean McVay is really a top coach, mm-hmm. is that he would not let the Cardinals get down, uh, let down between those games against a team that, that you know, you knew that they, they should have beaten fairly easily and actually did. Yeah, and and the Falcons screwed me over. Oh. I told you about that one. I told you. I was, uh, I, I was I, close. I almost had it. I, I told you, do not count on the Falcons in that game. Uh, see, some sometimes not. Uh, there are times, Hunter, when you pick as a fan. When when you you, you the one week you pick the Chiefs against the Jets. And you're saying, well, the Chiefs, Chiefs have to pull it up. The Chiefs have, you know, they're still in the playoff fight. They got to come yeah. through. They're going to come through. But the thing is, they hadn't come through for six weeks. So. No, yeah. You know, bad that's, tech, bad week. So, it, it, but you have, you can't just say, well, this team is due for a win. Because in a lot of ways, that's how that's how Vegas and a lot of the sports books make their money. Uh, when people mm-hmm. think that a team is due for a win, no team is ever due for a win. Uh, you're better off yeah. playing trends. And the trends say that the Kansas city uh, was a bad bet and still is a bad bet. So, but we're yeah. going to uh, kind of leave the past where it is. Uh, we don't want to dwell on the past because we got some new picks coming up for you this week. Hunter, why don't you go ahead and uh, get us started? All right, my first one, I'm taking the Rams minus one over the Eagles. Um, um, I do expect this to be a close game, but um, the Eagles kind of got exposed last week against a Seattle defense that is down Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas. Wait, Earl Thomas, wait, is he in? I think Earl Thomas is playing. Earl Thomas was back. Yeah, that's my And uh, Richard Sherman. Sherman. Yeah, Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman two-fourths of a great secondary. And the Eagles' offense really did show up. Um, it was just kind of odd. I mean, I think it, had, it probably had to do with um, um, the Seattle, of course, it being in Seattle. It's one of the loudest stadiums, if not the loudest stadium in the entire league. Um, 
Russell Wilson played great, but um, now they have to go. Um, they have to stay out west to play against one of the best um, offenses in football in L.A. Um, Sean McVay has done outstanding there. Jared Goff has played great, and I'm gonna take the Rams here. I think um, this is this is their time. Um, I'm just not sure I trust Philadelphia yet. Um, I, a stat I saw looking at this game: the Eagles, I think, have only beaten one team over 500 this year and going into that Seahawks game. And, you know, when you beat up on bad teams, you know, it doesn't really do much for you. Then you got to go against good competition. So now the Eagles are going to go against a really good Rams team, but uh, I'm going to take the home team here. I think this is a safe pick. Well, there's no such thing as a safe pick. Never is. However, however, and by the way, that point spread is one and a half, not one. So, but oh. still a good spread. But, you know, you do, there is that issue, and you, you really touched on it, is the Eagles have been playing kind of the, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man of schedules um, against oh, the, the NFL and, and have, you know, do what a good team has to do against the soft schedule is you you got to rack up wins. you got to take advantage of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, they, they have had their against teams that are currently 500. They're one and one. And I do think the Rams are a better team, but don't, don't take last week's Eagles result in, um, in Seattle. Uh, you know, don't get caught in what's called recency bias where, you you take a look at the team's previous game and kind of project that out to what you're going to see next week and maybe the next two weeks. The Chiefs are still a tough team. Carson Wentz is still the quarterback. That's still a tough defense. Still probably one of the best all-round teams in the NFL. So, it, while I think the Rams are a good bet, and if, if I were going to pick on this game, I would agree with you, but I'm staying away from it because it's just you don't want to put your your money on a game that can go either way uh, with two of the top teams in the league. Uh, yeah. Why don't you give yeah, us your, was, give us your next pick? Yeah, it was it was I was going back and forth on it, but um, I'm taking the Patriots minus eleven against the Dolphins, and uh, um, I don't usually pick double digit spreads, but I think this one's just kind of easy. The Dolphins are terrible, and they have really nothing. Um, the page, Tom Brady has just been absolutely flawless this season. I know they won't have Rob Gronkowski, but is it really going to matter against a really bad Dolphins team that has quarterback is Jay Cutler, Matt Moore? I, I, I've totally forgot. Like, both, whoever starts, <laughs> both not good. Um, I know um, Tom Brady, he struggled a couple times down in Miami, but um, this is just – they're not a good Dolphins team. The Patriots should, I think, wipe – I think I'm going to say that they should wipe the floor with the Miami Dolphins and going into a massive matchup against the Steelers next week. Take the Patriots, minus 11. I think they're going to cover this game. You know, not a bad pick, uh, Hunter. Again, yeah. uh, one of the things I look at and why I didn't make this one of mine is you do have the Patriots looking ahead to the Steelers next week. Now, Bill Belichick is the best coach in the NFL, maybe one of the best coaches ever in the NFL. Um, yeah. 
As a matter of fact, he's in my top two with Vince Lombardi. But you uh, you also have a team, yes, or minus Gronkowski. Yeah, they should wipe the wipe the turf with the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins have nothing. Uh, the Patriots are so much better. They're, they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, but minus 11 with the Steelers coming up, that's a rough spread, but I think, you know, I, I think that's a solid pick. And and the Patriots have been such a great play over the last few weeks. So, you know, just, yeah. just bringing that up, too. So I think that's a very good pick, Hunter. There we go. That's what I like to hear. And my last one, take the Packers minus three against the Browns. No one likes to say, oh, this is the week Cleveland's finally going to win the game. No, Cleveland is not going to win this week because the Packers <laughs> want to, because the Packers have to win this game. Um, if you lose to Cleveland, you should just you should have like three standing. You should just have three wins deducted from your uh, win total. Um, <laughs> it's just, that's just it's it's just sad. And they're getting a Aaron Aaron Rodgers back next week, and they'll be able to run the table if they win this game. Um, I don't think they're going to get in, but they'll definitely have a chance. Um, if they win, they'll get to seven and six, and the Falcons will be eight and five. Wait, no, the Falcons won. Oops. Wait, yeah. Uh, these records are just yeah. The Falcons are eight and five. Yeah, they are. Um, so they'll be one game back, but really they're actually two games back because the Falcons have the tiebreaker. Over the Packers. Um, Josh Gordon is back. Um, he had a decent day this week. And he may have a good day, against, especially against the Packers' defense. But, you know, you can't trust the Browns. You you, you never can. Um, like I said, the Packers lose this game. They should really just forfeit their season. Um, there's really no point in playing the season if they just lose this game. I think Brett Hundley is going to play well here. I expect him to have a good day. Um, even though it's on the road. The Packers have kind of been hot and cold with him, but I think they'll have a good day today. Um, I think this is a, I think it's a good pick against the Browns. All right. Uh, again, not one I would go with. I just don't have as much faith in the Packers. So we'll see. We only yeah, got five minutes left in the show. It's amazing how fast this show has gone, Hunter. Uh, but I, I still I got to get my picks in. Uh I'm Master Thomas is going to open up, going to take the Bengals minus the six and a half at home against the Chicago mm. Bears. Uh, the Bengals, they're a tough bet, but you know the the Bears are not I, the wheels are not only off the Bears bus. The the Bears bus is riding on the rims. Um, <laughs> they, they, there's no, no more rubber on those tires. So I would say. You know, take the six and a half. I really cannot see the Bears playing the way they are. Um, you know, playing not to lose, playing to uh, as conservative as they have been. Uh, John Fox playing like he, he's afraid for his job instead of playing like he, he he's ready to win a game. Uh, I, I think it's prime to take the Bengals minus six and a half. My second game. New York Jets minus one at Denver. Yes, Denver is that bad. This is not recency bias here. This is the fact that Denver is a sucky team. Uh, They have no quarterback. Trevor Simeon has been exposed. They are awful. Um, 
I don't care where they're playing this game. I don't care if they're playing this game at Denver, in New York, uh, in Mexico City, uh, in uh, Guadalajara. Uh, the Jets are going to beat the Broncos, and that one, you know, go ahead, pick up that one point, and take the Jets. Third pick, the Chargers, minus six at home against the Washington Deadskins. Uh, <laughs> Last week's loss to the Cowboys has touched off the dumpster fire that uh, has been kind of smoldering in Washington for the last month. Uh, The Chargers have their sights set on this uh, AFC West title. They've actually, after starting the season 0-4, have caught up to the Chiefs, and they're now 6-6 and tied in a three-way tie with uh, the Oakland Raiders, Kansas City Chiefs for first in the AFC West. And I really think the Los Angeles Chargers are going to win the AFC West. So the team without a home. Yeah, the team without a home, I think they they line up very well against the Redskins. Phillip Rivers has been very good. Uh, I I have no faith in the Redskins being able to win this game. And take the Chargers minus six. My fourth bet, take the Tennessee Titans minus the three. At the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, a little bit questionable, but, you know, yeah. one thing, but I will tell you why. Um, as you, as this game started as a two-and-a-half-point spread uh, with Tennessee as favored, 76% of the public money has gone in on Arizona, Okay. That should have brought that spread down to two or one and a half. But the spread has actually gone up to three. Because, see, the spread, is, the spread is set by how much money is being bet on each team. Not necessarily where Vegas thinks each team is going to win. So 24% of the, of the public money has only been bet on Tennessee. But that spread's going up three. That tells me that the Sharps, the professional bettors, are clobbering the Tennessee Titans. They are betting heavy on the Titans, and the sports books had to bring that point spread up to get more get more action on Arizona. So take the Tennessee Titans, bet with the pros, bet with the sharps, uh, minus three at Arizona. And sorry, we don't have time for real deal or overreaction this week. Uh, we are out of time on the show. And which is really sorry because I, I think we had a couple of well let's do them let's do them we can go over a little let's bit let's do them okay with the, with the Yankees acquiring uh, Stanton should the other twenty nine teams just pack it in for two thousand eighteen and award the Yankees the World Series trophy real deal or overreaction Hunter overreaction <laughs> uh, okay on. we got Houston and Cleveland still in the American League. Okay. You know, I'm going to say overreaction too, because you never know what happens during a baseball season, but it's going to be fun Mm -hmm. to watch. Uh, Second, Eli Manning is starting again for the Giants tomorrow. Unfortunately, his streak uh, took a beating last week, which uh, got Ben McAdoo fired. But I'm saying he will also be the Giants starter when the 2018 kicks off real deal or overreaction. Um, I'm going to go over reaction. Um, he's not starting next year. I think, I think they're going to go, they're going to get a quarterback in the year this year's draft, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Sam Donald. 
And Eli is going to go to somewhere like Jacksonville. Mark my words. He is not going to be the Giants quarterback next season. Yeah, I would agree. I say that's an overreaction uh, because I agree with you. The Giants are going to be in prime position to pick up a rookie quarterback who they can plug in and, uh, and uh, kind of get started when they put their new coach in place. So, and the final Falcons beat the Saints on Thursday night football. They're still a game back in the division though, but the Falcons will win the NFC South. Hunter, real deal or overreaction? <laughs> Overreaction. I think the Saints are still going to win it. Um, they still have to play the Falcons, I think, one more time in New Orleans. And I think, uh, I think that's when the Saints are, are going to clinch the division. And just for everyone out there, um, I did have a uh, surprise bonus pink for Nostra Thomas. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks minus two and a half against the Jaguars. So that's my fourth Ooh. and final bonus pick. Yeah. Battle of defenses. Folks, it's mm-hmm. been a great time here with you for Hunter Hodes. We're going to say so long for now. Catch up with us again on Weekend Sports Huddle next week at 10 a.m. Central Time. Talk to you then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.